Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I'm super excited to have my friend Matt for Goddess, and that I've checked with him. That's how he says his name, not goat, but got. <laughs> and so I'm real excited to have you back. So we're actually continuing our conversation from last week. We're going to try not to repeat, but it might be um, uh, new for some of you guys anyway. So we're just going to jump in. So Matt, I thank you so much for being back on the show today. Thank you, Diane. And it's probably inevitable that I will start to go over stuff that we did last week. I can never remember what I did yesterday, let alone last week. So if I do, just butt straight in and say, Matt, we've covered that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I actually think people won't care. And I'm actually, yeah. we already talked about this. So I'm good. So, cool. all right. So one of the things we, we talked, I just kind of want to recap some of the things that are really impressive to me of you is one, you do it, uh, you just work for yourself. You do have a home office, but then you also have an office that you go to every day. And you, about 80% of your work, your clients, comes from somewhere else besides Australia. But you actually also really, I think you, it seems like you really enjoy doing stuff for local people too. It's not like you're like, oh no, I don't do anything local. Like you yeah. really enjoy working for clients and you do branding, corporate identity. You do, you have a lot of different styles. Your range is really big. And you have these, um, which we're going to see some. And yeah. one of the things that we totally didn't get to last week, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you back on so quick, was kind of your, um, the story of how you got into lettering. And I know, um, so some of the people that are here, if you come in, please tell us where you're from. I'm going to make sure that I keep, if you have questions, just feel free to answer them or put them in the chat, not answer them. I'll get Matt to answer them. But um, so Austin's here, Carol Ann, my mom. Hey, mom. Um, my friend Kent, Kim, and Will. And so I know Kim is a, a lettering artist as well. She does a lot of stuff with chalk. So I want, you know, I think it is kind of interesting and neat to hear how you kind of got into that. Because I, when we, sure. when you, you and I talked in the very beginning, a long time ago, you actually had moved from Australia to London, which could be a whole conversation in itself, right? Just yeah. packing up yeah. and moving. Yeah. But do you want to kind of give us your entry yeah, okay. into? Why don't I, um, I'll, I'll kick off, I guess, the presentation because if I explain it now, then go to the presentation, I'll be sort of going over it again because this presentation kind of gears, uh, is geared towards how lettering came into my life, um, you know, specialising in corporate identity um, and all of that. But uh, quickly to touch base on what you said before about local jobs, uh, I yeah, I, I've got a a stack of local jobs that I've been working on. One that's going to drop soon, which I can't wait to show everyone. It's, it's for a local sporting uh, um, sports team, which cool. should drop at the end of this month. It's been done for a while now, but we've just been waiting for the right moment to push a video out. So I'm super excited about that one. And, and, and it was designing like, you know, and uh, you know, the mascot, the animal that's going to go on the football jerseys and all that. So I, I can't wait to share that one. So, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Fun. Yeah. I, Animals are, uh, uh, well, actually, there's a couple in this presentation, so we can talk about that when um, we go along. But, yeah, that's, that's a real design challenge, um, well, doing more iconic, you know, animals. You, yeah, you slay it. You do great. And, really, you do have a really big range. You've been in, in the industry for, me and you are very similar, I think, maybe in age, and we've been in the industry yeah. about the same time. 
Yeah. So like 20 years? Do you think that's, or do you? I guess so, yeah. So I I got into the industry straight after school. Um, I was lucky, well, I did some work experience for a a number of months, which gave me some foundation skills on the computer. This is when like the very first versions of Photoshop and, (laughs) and Quark Express, that was the... Um, that was the application. I loved Quark Express. That was, me too. Uh, yeah, like it, it took me a while to sort of go, okay, what, what's this InDesign thing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But then it, it made sense because I also loved Illustrator and I could see the sort of similarities. So it was an easy um, crossover and, yeah, but I, I, it's, it's amazing to think that because Quark had such a stronghold over, you know, they desktop did. publishing and all of that. But um yeah, so I, I did work experience for a little bit and then um, I had a junior role very early on. So I, I didn't go to college um, or university and I, I had planned on doing that, but just for one reason or another, I just, yeah, I kept landing these graphic design small roles that turned into, you know, junior roles, senior roles, you know, then studio manager and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, along the way. So. And you moved yeah. and you, you, just take challenges. I think that that's the other thing, but I also feel like sometimes people um, or some, some people in our industry, luckily not, not any of my friends, but I think some people um, tend to kind of get a big head and then they won't maybe do local, local things or, or small things. But I actually feel like um, I know Von Glitchka does also, he's very similar to you and you know, that he really likes doing the smaller jobs too, because sometimes they give you maybe a little bit more freedom or, they, yeah. they trust you a little bit more because you do have the experience? Well, I think for me, so I love the, the variety of different clients. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sure, there are certain ones that are, you know, have more appeal to you to do, like if it's a you know, clothing brand or a craft beer or something like that. But then, you know, you'll get an accounting firm or a, I've done so many logos for dentists, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they all have unique requirements. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, it means you've got to, a, you know, a new brief to sort of interpret and um, I don't know, it just keeps you challenged all the time. And, you know, especially if you do something and you, you've got a few styles that you've already done and you, you can't repeat those styles. So it, it, it forces you to, you know, I'm going to turn my emails off because I don't know if you could hear that. <laughs> I Sorry. couldn't hear it. It's, um, it, it, it forces you to, you know, get out of your comfort zone and, and try new things. And I guess that's, that's why there's a variety of styles. If you look through the back catalog, because, you know, but it's also you have to. you're meeting the needs of different people. And also you stay in touch with the industry. This is how, if you have just one style, it can go out of favor quickly. Yeah, you know, sure. I mean, it may last for 10 years, but then if you're yep. not staying up with the times, so I think it's really interesting to interview people. I love interesting, love interviewing people that are just budding and then they've just found something and they, they are going at it full force, but are also really like the, the seasoned pros, you know, that still, you still have so much. My mom said this last week, she's like, man, he looks like a kid. And I'm like, (laughs) I know mom, I think he's about my age though. And she's like, but I think, I think really it's, um, it's about, did you, what the heck, how old did you say? (laughs) <laughs> what was that? Um, <laughs> 43. I'm 43. Seven, I was I, born in 74. So I'm 73. I thought, you, I, that's what I thought. And then yeah. I was like, he said 33. You've been 10 years off this whole time, Diane. Yeah, I'm 44. Anyway, yeah. so I totally, sorry about that, people. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, but I do, I think that you have an energy that um, 
is contagious and it is young and I feel like then you you want to stay up I mean just the stuff you do with your kids I mean like there's there is a you are a kid inside and I feel like that's what helps you to have been successful for 20 years yeah um well I guess you know how a lot of people say they still feel the same age like you know that you know as they're getting on I still feel like I'm 20 or you know in my 20s or whatever I mean responsibilities come along and obviously you you know you, you have to have a mature head about around certain things and stuff like that but sort of the energy and I call it the froth mm. um has always you know is always still there and I I don't want it to go away because that's sort of you know it's it's fun to get excited about things and you know when you've got kids there's there's so many fun things to do with them and you know yeah I know yeah no I I guess it's just the froth factor is high. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Anyway, but I love that. But I also think yeah. that you are able, because you like the variety, you're able to get on board with those different companies and you're able to yeah. feel like you're part of their team. And I think yeah. that that is also a critical part of having a long client, you know, relationships for a longer period of yeah. time. Yeah. Um, there's a number of clients that I, like, I mean, we talked a lot about Black Hops last week. That's, that's just one that immediately comes to mind. I mean, I, you know, I just, I like to still have those, you know, relationships intact and, and, you know, you know, when I have those Skype chats, you get to, you get to meet people and you, you do, you establish relationships and stuff like that. And I, I check in with a lot of clients throughout the year. Sometimes I'm slack with certain clients, but you know, then all of a sudden one day I'll think about, Oh, what about that client? You know, you might just touch base and, see how things are going and it's yeah I think it's good just to keep those relationships strong I totally think so too and I'm really bad at that so I that's going to be one of my new year's resolutions for next year yeah. except I'm going to try to start earlier than next year but yeah I, yeah anyway but I think that's great maybe that is another one of your superpowers that you're able to keep in <laughs> touch from all because I think it is it's hard you get busy you know what I mean and then you're like yeah. oh man what about Jody or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I can't say I do it with every single client, but, um, <laughs> you know, if there's a client that's listening that I haven't touched base with, it, they'll be like, what about me? <laughs> What's wrong with me? So, like, yeah, it's not all of them. <laughs> but, but I think, um, I, I, anyway, I feel like a marketing idea is to have a plan and maybe yeah. touch base with some of those. Yeah. And just for me, I just went over this, you know, five year period of what I had yeah. done, work I had done. And I'm like, man, I haven't reached out to these clients, some of these clients yeah. since I did the job. And you don't know if you're leaving money on the table because they may need something, but they just didn't That's know I did this. You yeah, know? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, you touch base with some clients and they, you know, thanks for getting in touch. Oh, by the way, we've got something coming up that we'll, you know, we'll have to um, get in touch and, um, you know, talk business again. So yeah, there are other opportunities that it can lead to for sure. For sure. Well, do you read any business books? Like, do you keep, like, it seems you're no. like, no, I surf. That's what I do, Diane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty bad with reading. I used to read a lot and then I, um, I kind of stopped a number of years ago and my family gives me a bit of cheek for it. Um, <laughs> Because uh, my girls are right into reading at the moment and my wife just devout, she eats books. Um, but yeah, I, I stopped, I, I don't know, I just, I got to a stage where, I don't know, everything was sort of work, surfing family and then whenever I would try and read, I'd just fall asleep. <laughs> as soon as I slow down, 
you know. Um, so I stopped reading, but I want to get back into it. Well, so what do you do to stay up business-wise? Because I think that that's another thing that you're really good at. Or is it just naturally you kind of like, hey, I'm just going to kind of flow into this? Or is like the the Slack channel you're a part of, is that people pulling things in and bringing yeah, I ideas? Think, I think, I think that's, um, that can definitely help. But, um, I mean, I've only been part of that Slack for, I think it, it, it's about a year now, year now. I don't know. I guess just life, you, you pick up things along the way. Um, when I worked for this recruitment agency, which started off a, um, only a very small company, um, I was very close with the directors and I watched this company become, you know, a rather large, you know, international company. There was like 17 offices globally or something around that number. And I, I guess I picked up a lot of things. I was living with, you know, a lot of my friends, are, you know, business people and stuff like that. So maybe subconsciously I pick up on. Yeah. Things like that, you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I guess so. I, I think you just got to keep busy and you just got to, I don't know. Keep your what? Just keep busy. and oh, busy. Busy. I thought and, you said keep your Z. And I'm like, ooh, is that another Australian term? Keep no, your Z, like people. It. Keep your Z. <laughs> well, so, um, so did you, I usually ask this to letters. Did you just have beautiful handwriting as a kid? Like, is this... You know, or did you just fall in love with letters? Because if you don't necessarily study it, when did you start really studying typography? Because to be able to make a font, Matt, that takes yeah. some serious knowledge. Okay, so if you were to look at my handwriting taking notes, it's atrocious. It's really bad. I write in capitals and it's... But I do remember I've got very um, vivid memories. When I was really, really young, when they, they were teaching you how to do cursive writing, um, I remember there was a period and I hadn't thought about it for a long time and it was only recently I thought I remember I used to, you know, do my descenders and do funny little loops and, and get a little bit creative with it um, through just a, through a little period when I was probably in grade, it must have been like grade three. So when you're in grade three, I think you're about nine or so over here. Um, and I remember it clearly. I remember thinking I really like this and, and I, I was sort of, you know, there was one way of doing cursive writing, but I remember uh, like breaking free from it and just seeing where mm. I could go with some of those things. I, I remember that. But then all of a sudden, as I got older, I started writing in capital letters and I, and I put cursive writing aside because I think I was, it was too artistry for me, um, the mm. cursive writing for it to be quick and functional because the mm -hmm. reason why cursive writing is, is because it's a quicker way of writing. Um, but I was, you know, I was embellishing and um, <laughs> indulging in all these sort of, you know, shapes with ascenders and descenders and, you know, connecting strokes and stuff like that. I do remember that. But then, and, and this is why it's a distant memory is because I stopped doing that. And then I, um, I was right into drafting. Um, I did tech studies and, and, and graphics at school where, you know, you write in capital letters, you know, mm -hmm. when you're drawing up plans, architectural plans and stuff like that. And from there, I just kept writing in capital letters. And so that's what, that's my natural handwriting is to write in upper, uppercase. So then when did you kind of go back? Like when it hit big or what was it with a certain client that wanted something? And I maybe think I'm kind of prefacing what's in the presentation. So if you want to start it, whenever. Yeah. Why don't we just go straight into it? So Sounds I'll, good. um, because I'm pretty sure you'll, you'll answer that question, right? Yeah, it does. It really does. So here we go. Um, 
Let me know when you can see my screen. I can see your screen. It's not as big as it was before. Yeah, now it's big. Okay, Excellent. we're ready. Alrighty, so I can't see you. So you just jump in with any questions um, uh, when you want. So, yep, that's me. Hello. Um, okay, so this presentation I did uh, for, a, for a talk that I had to do where I had to showcase some of my work and my life and stuff like that. So, I mean, as you know, I've got um, a young family, two daughters, beautiful wife and all that, and I'm, I'm a self-obsessed surf nerd. That sort of gives you an indication of, uh, the time when I'm normally paddling out in the ocean, but mm. it's actually a little bit late because you can see the sun. Normally the sun hasn't even poked its head on the horizon. You know, the, the sky is starting to lighten up a little bit, but um, yeah. So, okay. Um, if we can just do a little, this sort of uh, explains, um, you know, since I went out on my own, um, I don't know if people can read that, but I'll, I'll quickly yeah. go through. Back, I, I started Verg um, way back in 2007, which was right before the GFC. And as you can see, my logo Global financial crisis. Last week, people it. are like, what's GFC? Okay, so I just wanted to make sure everybody knows. Yeah, I've, I've had a, yeah we've, we've um, abbreviated it. Um, I've said that a few times to American people, and they've, they've said that. So, um, yeah, global financial crisis right before uh, that hit. And... So, yeah, I, I had baby number two on the way. Um, I had a really ugly, uh, immature logo. <laughs> That's me, you know, with the, the Verg. With the, so, as you can see, I'd, I'd always just, like, designed um, uh, typefaces and, you know, from scratch and stuff like that, um, as you can tell by that, that, that funky-looking Verg. Uh, advertising. Advertising was tacked onto the end of my the name of my business because I had to put something on the end of it. And at that point in time, I was doing a lot of conceptual advertising. Hmm. So um, yeah, that was that. Anyway, um, and then uh, I started publishing my work around. See where the transformer style logo is. I started mm -hmm. publishing my work around that, and that's when that started to get a bit of traction. And and we talked about that last week just by. Um, over presenting and, and publishing on Behance and on, on, on Dribble, etc. That's when I started to get a bit of um, global recognition and, and, and clients from all around the world started to notice my work and, and, and get in contact with me. Um, and I'll just sort of skim through this part because I repeat it a little bit um, later on. But it was around 2014 um, that I started uh, doing the lettering stuff. So here's, here's just a collection of um, logos I did the other day, but um, <laughs> no, that's probably about a year or two of, of logos. You can't really wow, see them. Wow, Matt, that's a ton. Yeah, I know. I know it's, it's a stack, but um, yeah. It, are it's, most of those custom or are you, I mean, as I'm looking, I see some that look custom and then some that look like, Maybe not custom, like the one that says yeah, Australian well, something, maybe not. Yeah, there's probably, most of them would be. Um, wow. There's, there's a few there that aren't like, um, oh, geez. I like, really can't find except that Australian one is the only one that I can think that maybe you didn't, maybe you did. Do you know which one? It's like the right next to Boss. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You're, you're right. That that one isn't that. Um, but I, I, I probably modified the typeface a little, I don't oh, know. Oh, I bet. But most I, of the rest are, hand, are, are you've completely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, okay. So one week I might be doing minimalistic style logos. And, and, and this, this is an example of just very simple typefaces that I designed for, for clients that are from the ground up. Um, I went through a stage where I was modifying other people's fonts to, to give them sort of a unique, um, mm -hmm. you know, outcome. 
But then I started thinking, well, I can, I don't need to modify like, cause some of them I was modifying so much and putting them so, so far out of shape from their, their original context that I just thought, well, I may as well be doing this from scratch. And I think that's where my, um, uh, love of letter forms really started mm. to, um, to come out. So, I mean, Goldstein's is, is, is probably the only one here. That's not a um, typeface that I designed from scratch. Cause I think that that's uh, Helvetica bowl, but I, I sort of rounded the, the, the um, man, that C cliff. I could use that. You could make a typeface. <laughs> that's a beautiful one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I have got a backlog of, of um, <laughs> logo types that I've earmarked for, um, for <laughs> future fonts. And I think that's what I'm going to do when I retire one day, I'm just going to, design fonts because I can see that as something that, you know, you have plenty of time and you want a little side project and, you know, so I, I think maybe, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll still keep creating fonts um, uh, like now, but I think, yeah, that's something that I can, I can envisage myself doing. So yeah. So one week I can be doing typefaces like that and then I can be um, indulging in sort of crests and emblems and, and, and more detailed, um, uh, logos i mean these these style of logos aren't really flexible for every client but um for the right client they're, they're definitely um you know the right uh, route to take but uh I, I love doing i think we did we touch we touched base a bit on that um last week but yeah i really love designing emblems and stuff like that and i'd love to go really um detailed um in in some very vintage uh emblems down the track as well so um yeah, I, I get a kick out of doing that style of logo. That's well. a huge different style, just even on this one page. Yeah. I mean, there's a wide range. And I think just your use of color, the use of where you're using the details is. And also, we talked a little bit about this last week is that, especially with the Earl of whatever that name is, um, that Lester, it's Earl of Lester. Lester? Yep. Well, that's it. it. Yeah. It, 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 it spells like Leicester or something like that. But yeah, Earl of Lester. Well, but like that one is a, a hugely um, responsive logo, depending on where you're using it, you, yeah. it, right? And so it's those things I think you've just picked up on automatically on your own, right? Yeah. Well, well I guess studying, you know, specializing in corporate identity and, and surrounding yourself by brands, uh, you know, that you follow and stuff like that, you know, you pick up things along the way and, and, you know, when a client has, you know, sends through their usage, you have to problem solve how, you know, like obviously that's not going to work on everything. So I had to break it apart and, and, and create uh, simplified versions of it so it would work in certain environments. So, you know, you, you, you adapt along the way and, and like, yeah, you, you problem solve along the way when, um, you know, when you read a brief and you work out where the logo is going to appear. Cool. So, yeah, so um, I can be indulging in that style. And then, of course, you've got logo marks. And, and these are out of context with the logo type, but they're just, um, just shows just a variety of, you know, uh, different logo marks that I've created. So, I mean, this is just a very small batch that I, that I put together. But, you know, is, sorry. Oh, well, we have a question. So Kent wants to know from the ones that before were the ones that were more uh, detailed and stuff, did you draw all of these? Or did you start with found objects and take it from there? Every single one of them's um, drawn from scratch. Um, I, with the Earl of Leicester, 
So with that one, I researched um, who the Earl of Leicester was. I think there's been, in history, there's been a, a few, but there was a, a specific one, and, and I located um, his, uh, Sir, I think Sir Robert Dudley or something like that. I can't remember the name. I, the story is actually on my website if you want to re read it, um, and it shows the whole process. But with that one, I found, whoa, that's, sorry, that's my phone. I've just turned it off. How unprofessional. Um, <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. <laughs> okay, so I'll decline that. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> okay, and I'll just put my phone on air mode. Sorry about that. This is my multitasking skill. You're doing fine. So, You're doing great. <laughs> so, so, yeah, with the Earl of Leicester, I found a fireplace that had his um, coat of arms. So I modelled it off that. I just did sort of a... Um, a uh, you know, a, a contemporary version of, of something that was carved in marble or something like that. And it's on my website. So I invite you to take a look and it will show you the process for that one. But for the one to the left of it, the NB monogram with the birds and the, and the roses and all that, that was all hand-drawn. Um, it was probably more simplified. And then, because often it's quicker for me, like I might draw something down and it will give me the bones um, of what I want to do and then I'll bring it into the vectoring stage and I, and I might push it further in the vectoring stage. So sometimes my vectoring can be exactly what I've done on paper or sometimes it can be a lot more and I've just pushed myself at, at the digitalizing stage to, um, to, uh, to recreate extra leaves or, you know, mm -hmm. you know, just make things look, you know, push things into shape a little bit more. Um, same with, uh, same with the Dental Academy. Like I would have illustrated that first, but it would have been just a very crude um, sort of rough thumbnail and I just pushed everything into shape. With, with emblems, it's important to note, it's, there's so much, um, you've got to really focus on the execution. It, um, th that didn't come to life until, you know, right towards the end of me pushing the execution of that. Um, I find with emblems and crests, they can look like clip art until you mm. sort of hit that execution stage where everything starts to fall into place. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's the story behind those ones. All right, um, you can keep going then. But these are so different, right? And this, again, is talking about your flexibility, and that's why I called this flexible and versatile, or versatile and flexible, I can't remember. Yeah. Because there is this range, and you're able to really meet the needs of different kinds of clients, right? And they're conceptual right. too, you know, it's not like it's yeah. just your, anyway. Yeah, def definitely. So a lot of these ones, I mean, uh, until you see the presentation, I mean, there's a lot of rationale that has gone in behind each, each one and, and I'd, I'd be here forever if I was to explain all of them. On my website, um, you can see a few of them um, and, and the thinking behind them. But yeah, I guess the challenge with these ones is, is infusing um, the, the values behind the client, um, you know, usually a duality between, you know, what the client does and their values, et cetera, and, and, and trying to do it at a small scale so it can reduce and look mm -hmm. iconic, et cetera, which, you know, you have to get rid of a lot of detail to do. And, and they're kind of like brain teasers. Um, yeah. I, I use this analogy a lot. It's, it's like those brain teaser puzzles that you get, like, it can be quite challenging working it out, but then all of a sudden you might have a light bulb moment and something just works and, mm -hmm. and fits in the shape and then you've, 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 you know how to sort of 
you've unraveled sort of, you know, the, the problem and you can sort of execute it from there. But um, so even with these that are more graphic, are you also starting on paper? Because it seems like a lot of your lettering starts on paper. Are these also starting on paper yeah. and then you're scanning in? Yes, they are. 100%. Look, I went through a stage where, and this is why I love lettering now is because it sort of reintroduced me to going back to paper first. Um, mm. Uh, with these, these were all done with paper because these are done all sort of within the last few years. And um, I used to make this mistake of jumping on the computer too early. And when you do that, everything starts to become contrived because you start forcing issues. Mm. Um, even with some of them, like some of them on paper originally might have looked a bit different, right? And I pushed them on the computer like I was saying with those other ones. But um, I... Yeah, more often than not, it's, it's, I've got an idea down on paper first. And once I see that, I can get a bit jumpy and go, oh, I've got to get to the computer now and I've got to start executing it rather than doing a refined sketch of it. Because, you know, look, let's face it, you know, to do a refined sketch of a circle, if, you, if, if you're an illustrator, it takes you, you know, a fraction of the time to start, you know, pushing those sort of elements together as long as you've got the idea of what right. you want to do on paper first. Right. So, yeah, so I can be doing that one week, but everything changed when I did this, uh, when I, um, when this uh, client landed on my desk. Now, a lot of people may have heard this story before, so, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell it quickly again. This is um, a client that sort of changed the trajectory of what I specialize in. I mean, I still specialize in corporate identity, but, you know, I'm also known for lettering and calligraphy now, and it is because of this one client. So they um, landed on my desk. They're, um, uh, they're a Canadian client and they're in the apparel um, uh, industry. And when I read the brief, uh, and, and this isn't the logo that they ended up going for, but I published it online anyway. But um, I identified with this client that they needed some sort of brush pen, sort of aesthetic style, signature style logo. And so I, I, I was following certain designers, like I mentioned last week, and I... I, I dabbled in a bit of, well, I created custom-made typefaces in the past, but this was the one that where I wanted to sort of go out of my comfort zone and really indulge in trying to get that brush pen aesthetic. And so um, this is the sketch. This was my very first sketch of trying to, to, to capture that look. And you can see it. So the one down the bottom, that, that was the first one. And then I thought, okay, all right, so now let's just make it a little bit bigger and you know it's quite you know it's 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 <laughs> it's not that pretty but um then i i took it from this stage and i put it into the vectoring and because i had better um uh vectoring skills i guess than drawing type at that stage i thought i could push it um push it further and and, and that's how i got that result um and then this was the very next client that landed on my desk. And I think they had seen the David Michael and they said, well, you know, we, we like that. We want a hand-drawn logo. And look at the, I mean, if you have a look at the sketch on the right, I mean, that's it. That's how it all started. Just, you know, a very, very yeah, really crude. The only thing that changed was the why. I mean, there were lots of little changes, but really yeah. you kind of kept a lot of the feel. So were yeah, you using like a, a chiseled, tip or were you just drawing that that's, that's I mean, a pencil that's just that at that stage i can tell you what my equipment was <laughs> um, apart from my apart from my computer all i owned was whatever 
A4 paper I could get from the um, photocopying machine and uh, a 2H lead pencil. And that's it. And that's all I had for, uh, okay, so I, I created this logo and that, that's the equipment that I had for a year going forward from this. Wow. Um, so in the early stages, all I ever did was sketch my, um, what looks like brush pen. Like if you just look at the logo, it looks like it's created with a brush pen and I can get those results organically now. But at the start, all I, all I ever did was um, sketch my letter forms. So mm. fast forward three to four years down the track, this is what my sketches look like now. And this is, this is sort of me, um, you know, really indulging in trying to uh, get the results um, as, as refined on paper as I can. So now fast forward three to four years, I've got every single pen under the sun and you know, <laughs> brush pens. And, you know, I've taught myself how to get the results organically with the brush pen rather than um, lettering my, my letter forms, etc. And I balance between the two and I'll talk about that in a sec, but I mean, with, 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 Smash Black Ops, so you've probably overseen the Black Ops logo, but this... No. Um, Love it. <laughs> thanks. Um, I'm not either. Um, so this is Blue Water, and, and the reason why I show this picture is because along the way, when I decided to, um, you know, buy heaps of brush pens and all of that, what I, what I found was every brush pen was completely different. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the early stages, I knew how to sort of do one style, and, and I was using... Um, really hard tip brush pens because hard tip brush pens steady the hand and, and, and they're much easier to learn from because um, they offer that resistance on the paper. So then when I pick up a pen like this, which has got soft bristles, um, you know, I was thinking, why isn't this working for me? Um, and because I couldn't apply the same style, the technique to that pen as what I did for the hard tip brush mm-hmm. pen. So each uh, brush pen, it, it unlocks kind of different um, styles within um, so you just have to decode it. You have to work it out. You have to, like I've heard you use as an analogy, you have to date it for a while. Um, so right. and, and, until you get to really know the pen. Um, and so that pen worked really well for this style. And, and, and we touched base on it, I think, last mm-hmm. week, where for this one I wanted to use Blue Water to, to create it because the name was Blue Water. And unfortunately, again, this is another unused concept. <laughs> So was this one. This is my most famous unused concept, but that's another wow. story. Yeah. I, it looks after, great. Well, it answered the brief, but it answered the brief that I was given by um, uh, the person that gave me the brief, not by the client. And mm. um, just to give you a quick little uh, story behind this one, uh, Mandy, when uh, she received this, as much as it answered the brief that I was given, she turned around and she said, oh, I don't like my name. I don't want it standing out so much. So <laughs> had I have known that was the case. I wouldn't have gone down this path for, um, right. for this client. So, uh, yeah, anyway, um, moving on. So um, Jack Whitehall, he's a comedian slash actor in the UK. Um, he's quite well known over there. I don't know if he's, 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 um, hit, uh, he's, he's popular in America, but in, in the UK he's very popular. And I did this. He may be, but I'm, I don't even have cable. So he yeah. probably is. And I just hadn't heard of him. Yeah, so I this I mean this is calligraphy, and not to be confused with lettering. So this is me getting the results, um, you know, with the brush pen, you know, the thick downs and the thin ups, and um, so with a logo like this, I can write it so many times, and I do this. Um, and the reason why it looks so nice on paper here, and it, and it looks quite, um, 
you know, it looks just very close to what it is in the vectored version. Because what I'll do is I'll, um, I'll do this technique where I trace and repeat. So once I, I don't use rules, uh, I don't rule any guides to get straight baselines at the start. But what I'll do is I'll, I'll write the name and then I'll get some tracing paper and then I'll go, well, not tracing paper, I'll use that Canson paper, which has transparency. Lead proof. Yeah, that's it. Um, and then I'll go over it again and then, then I might do a rule line just to make sure that, you know, I can line it up. And I'll keep repeating that until I kind of get that perfect, mm-hmm. um, perfect version. So that's my process um, with that. And going back to that David Michael, this is what really opened up all these other logos because still to this day I get um, uh, inquiries based off that one logo. And because I fell in love with doing that style, I, you know, it's, it just became, I guess, a bit of a passion. Um, this goes back to, I guess, lettering um, where I'm sketching my letter forms or designing typeface, a typeface in, in, in this instance. Um, so uh, that just showcases a you know, completely different style. And, and, and the reason why I do this, I just find it easier to infuse a, a company's personality mm. into a typeface rather than scrolling through so many different fonts to try and find it. Yeah. And, and it's more enjoyable as well, you know. Um, and, and, and when you design it and you can show a client, this is why I've designed this typeface this way, um, uh, you know, they, they, they get behind it and they understand it more. And, you know, and, and then they might be reluctant to say, oh, can you show me a different font? Um, you know, so when you've got that rationale that backs up everything, it, it you know, and in some of my presentations, I show the geometry um, behind the, white, the way I'll position, say, a logo, sorry, the mark towards the, um, the type and et cetera, um, just the methodology behind it. And, and, and when clients see that, they don't, you know, they're reluctant to say, oh, can we just make that smaller or, you know, because I've already made these decisions and there's a reason why these things, you know, I sort of back my abilities to sort of find that, that right balance. Um, right. And there's nothing worse when a client says, oh, I want the mark to be heaps bigger and, and then it's off balance and all of that. So if you can show them why you've done it, then, you know, it, it's, it, it makes sense to them. Um, I guess how, it much, it. how much in the presentation when you're like, when you're presenting this logo, how much are you taking them through the process of creation? Do you, it sounds like you might do a good bit of that so that they are feel like they're part, they might not have been part of the process of those decisions, but now they understand them. Is yeah. that part of that presentation when you're pitching the final logos? Yeah, it is. I don't put as much into it as what I used to. I, I probably overdid it in the early stages. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think you can overpresent. I'm trying to simplify it a little bit more now. Um, I think one or two um, pictures of the, of the process is enough um, just to show that, you know, this was created organically first, with, right. you know, pencil and paper. Um, and, and, you know, then I might show one or two, um, you know, pictures of, of just some rule lines, some grids, just to, so they know how everything shapes up. In the past, I would go to town doing these um, 3D renders um, of, you know, so it had a little bit of depth of field and it looked really like if you go back to some of my early Behance presentations and they took heaps of time and, and it was just to pad out the presentation and, and you know, uh, I, I think it worked and it, and, and it looked good, but I, perhaps it's, it's, it's a little bit overkill now. So I've, I've tried to refine that, those presentations a little bit. 
So um, this is for Spotify. This is just, uh, some, you know, Spotify is a client of mine and, and um, I love working for them. They're, they're a fantastic client and I've, I'm, I'm lucky enough to do titles for them, which I'll go into a little bit later. But um, this is something that they did, which was an internal thing. Um, DC Cool, which was for Washington, D.C. Tourism. This, this was a really challenging project because I had to write the word cool and everyone knows that cool, cool comes in a few different ways. You've got sort of effortless cool, um, you know, you've got that sort of grungy cool. There's, there's so many different ways of cool, but cool is never forced. And so I came up with so many different varieties of the word cool um, uh, for this. And, and it was just to showcase that um, Washington, D.C., Tourism has this, you know, it, it's not just known for, you know, politics and the White House and all of that. There's, there's um, you know, there's the, the music industry, there's, there's the great restaurants and all of that, the yeah. nightlife there, et cetera. So th this was to promote that. And I felt very privileged that I was a guy from the Gold Coast that was designing this word cool for them. Yeah. You know what? I can't wait to come over to America and, and go to these places and, and meet these clients and, and, and catch up and touch base because I, I do feel this connection to the United States, you know, having worked on so many clients for them that, um, you know, when I'm doing my research and all of that, I, I, I feel this connection over there and I've got a lot of friends over there and I can't wait to come over and, and, and meet a lot of them. Um, <laughs> we can't one, wait uh, either. We <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to tee something up. I'll have to do a road trip. Maybe, a yeah, just go from east to west or vice versa and, um, yeah, just meet up with everyone. It'd be cool. That'd be um, great. So this was a client on the Gold Coast. Um, what I'll do is, I'll, if do you, would anyone be keen to sort of see my process on how I created this logo? It's just a short video. I don't know if you normally do yeah. videos on. Yeah, yeah, let's see it. You might okay. have to unplug your earbuds because I don't think we'll be able to hear it. So Okay, I'll do that now. So can you hear me now? Yes. Excellent. I'll turn it up just a little bit. Alrighty, so this is the process. So that, I mean, just before I, I press play, that this gives you an example of what the sketch can look like in the very infant mm -hmm. stages. And then moving forward, this next stage that you'll see the video go to, this is me indulging in the craft. Sometimes I go straight to the vectoring stage from this, but then sometimes I like to sort of indulge and, you know, get, get I guess, intimate with the craft of, mm -hmm. of, of drawing the letter forms and getting them as perfect as, as possible. So um, I'll... Hit play now. Portega zuna kunusta marreta. Na kupulilla kabisiera isada. Basas kambarianna batuleta. So feel free to ask any questions. Is over that the top real time um, or are you speeding I'll, I'll that up at all? To explain. So you can see for any left-handed um, uh, letterers, calligraphers out there, I mean, you can see I'm over the top and that means that basically the side of my palm sort of hovers over the top of the letter forms, which is what makes it easy for me to, um, to do what I do and not smudge. Um, mm. So, yeah, that's, that's when you're coming from underneath, that's where the problem really um, comes into play. You have to wait for the ink to dry or turn your page on a, on a different angle. So is this real speed or is it speeded up? Can you hear me? Sorry, Diana, I think you asked a question. I couldn't hear you. Can you hear me now? Oh, hang on. 
I've got to turn my volume up. Sorry. Try again. Sorry. Um, is this full, like normal speed, or is it speeded up at all or slowed down? Well, this part's sped up a bit. Um, I'll turn this down now so you can hear me. <laughs> Fortunately, I have to turn the music up to hear you as well at the same time. Um, so previously with the brush pen, that was pretty much normal speed. It may have been sped up a fraction just to fit it into um, an Instagram video, but not much. I, I do this style quite slow. So it is quite a slow, steady hand movement compared to some of the faster styles where you get texture through the brush strokes. So then I have another question. Sure. So one thing I asked you off camera, I think last time was about coffee. Um, Cause you have a very steady hand. So I was like, Oh, you must not drink any caffeine. And you said, no, <laughs> you do. So what's the trick with the steady hand? Is it just practice? Um, the, the, the trick is, right before I'm doing something like this, try not to have a coffee. Um, I do, I love my coffee, but um, I've taught a few workshops where I've had a coffee right beforehand, and you um, couple that with the nerves of having a whole heap of eyes watching you try and execute some brush paint, because they're all there to, to see you know, what you can bring to the table. <laughs> yeah, I can get a bit jittery with it. Um, but, yeah, I think you just got to sort of slow down, take a deep breath, and <laughs> it eventually comes. Um, yeah, no, a coffee does, um, yeah, I guess give you the jitters a little bit. So if, if you can sort of hold off having your coffee or wait till those uh, the caffeine's worn off, have a, have a couple of big tall glasses of water before you start lettering, and that's going to help. That's good. So this is it in context with the rest of the... Um, with the rest of the presentation. Okay, so I'll move did on. Did you from... do all the video or did you have somebody else edit? No, I did all of that. That's awesome. So, thank you. So, yeah, so, okay, so that's my process with creating that. Sorry, it was, it was, it was, it was tricky because to hear you, I had to turn the volume right up. Do you want to put your earbuds back in? Because it was a little bit clear with your earbuds okay. in, sorry. No, it was one it's sec. just a little echoey. <laughs> So that, that shows yep. that process. And here you can see um, from that one logo when I went right back to the start with David Michael, it's just opened up a whole new world of logo design for me. Mm. Um, you know, I can be, like I said, I can be working on, you know, dentists one week and then something like this the next that warrants a hand-lettered style logo. But had I have not I've stepped outside of my comfort zone to try and... Um, to do that David Michael logo mm. the way I did it, I may never have sort of opened up all these other styles that you can sort of see here. I mean, they're all a little bit different. You'll probably see some sort of um, certain styles that are similar, but I'd like to think that there's a lot that, you know, you, you do you do have a variety there. And it, Very much. So um, so th these are just a, just a few over the last couple of years that I've worked even on. Even your I mean, R's, even like the letter, you're not even doing it the same every time like especially there were a lot yeah. of lowercase r's in the last yeah. page and that to me is i mean there's just the r in breeze the r in process the r in yeah. soirees the r in treasure the r in flutter they're all different <laughs> i mean even the That's one not... i mean it and 
I guess that is like, but this is really difficult for a lot of people to do like the yeah. chameleon kind of feel, but I think it's definitely one of your superpowers for sure. Yeah. Look, the R is one of those letters that you can approach it so many different ways. It, I mean, and, and if you have a look here, there's a couple more R's that, um, mm -hmm. um, that are different, like in retro there, that's a, that's a different one. And, and R strata, which is the bottom right hand one. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a crazy ligature through there, which kind of is a bit tricky, but, um, uh, yeah, look, that, that's the beauty about letter, letter forms. Um, you know, it, it's, it's like a language within a language, you know, every, you can apply a different technique or a different approach to a letter and it, and it, it comes across as a, it has its own personality. It's, it's like whatever, approach you apply creates its personality um yeah. and and it's and that's why i find it easier and in, more enjoyable to infuse that personality through designing letters and, and and logo types from the from the ground up rather than just choosing a, a font do you know what i mean because absolutely it's yeah it, it 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 helps you but i mean obviously not for every client you can infuse this sort of style of logo but you know do you draw um, letters every day? Do you do calligraphy every day? Um, no, I do it a lot more often now. Since I've been doing titles for Spotify, um, I, I, I write, you know, most days. But um, before Spotify, if I wasn't working on a hand-lettered client, I mean, there was a period when I was trying to get better and better at this. And, you know, yes, I definitely was. And, and I think the learning curve is quite steep. I think you can get to a level where you start to start to really like what, what, what's happening. Um, and then, you know, you can maybe back off a little bit, but then to get to that next level, you've got to start to apply yourself again. But, um, sorry, they're moving something in the room next door and using the, I don't know what you call it, the pressure washer to clean out screen. Sorry. The no problems. That's loud okay. sounds are crazy. Yeah. Um, this shows now another style within, you know, the lettering world and calligraphy, you know, sort of styles. This is just that more authentic sort of, I guess, not refined, polished vector work, um, mm -hmm. a little bit more vintage sort of style, I guess you could call it. Um, with this, with all of these logos, I used a, um, a, a ruling pen and I used it not in the sense that you would normally use one. I sort of, I might sketch it with a pencil first and then um, I'll trace over and, and, and dip the ruling pen in ink. And I love the way that the ink um, spreads out across, you know, the extremities of, of what you're doing and it, and it gives it that little bump mm -hmm. and, and, and texture. Um, so, and then I'll scan it and then I'll, I'll sort of do an auto trace and tidy up a few of the, um, the points, but I won't, um, I won't say do a clean vectored version and then use a filter and illustrator to get that bump. I like to sort of honor the integrity of what I laid down on paper first. Right. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So corporate identity, look, we went through this last week with corporate identity with logo suites that it's important to have different sort of lockups mm -hmm. um, to, to fit different environments, um, small, large banners, you know, shop fronts, right. et cetera. Often a shop front will have, you know, a very banner, um, so it's got to be able to work, um, you know, very sort of long with, with, with not much height. Um, colors are important. Patterns as simple and as uh, easy as that pattern is to produce. It's such a great asset. So, and, and, and the typefaces that you use, and I explained last week as well that this is my font, Dissimo, that I created, um, you know, from the ground up, which, you know, um, 
I didn't do it for this client, but it was the it was me um, uh, using it for the first time for this client. Um, and just so then you can see how it all comes together because you're only doing half a job if you design just a logo for a client. Because guaranteed, if you if, if you are a logo designer and you don't do all these other things, then if your client is then just has the logo to work with, then they're their identity is going to fall flat on its face because, you know, they need design decisions made for them mm-hmm. using the logo in context with how they're, how they're presenting it, whether it be advertising, online, um, packaging, etc. So here you can see how it all comes together. And it's because I made these design decisions right from the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's why. So if I had have just given Black Hops a logo just on its own and they had a, you know, you know, because they, they like to do things in-house a lot. Um, uh, if they had have done it themselves, you know, they wouldn't have had that pattern. They wouldn't have potentially had the colours and, 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 and the devices and the icons, you know, to sort of execute it to that, to that next level. So it's important if you're a logo designer not to call yourself a logo, to des- logo designer but an identity designer. Hmm. I love that. Um, so, yeah, here you can see, and, and, and that's how it works in, in one of their posters, et cetera. So you can see it's drawing on all those assets um, for it to come together and, 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 it, and it still has the same feeling as the, as the, as the can, as you know, the logo, it all, it all, it's all consistent. Um, this bring, brings me to murals. And again, this all stems from doing this one logo for David Michael and that, you know, that branched, branched off into me wanting to, um, to go large scale and, and I've only done a few of them and I want to do more and I want to get a little bit more experimental with them. And I will when the opportunities um, pop up. But, uh, yeah, um, this is me. And, and, and I, I was on Snapchat for a while and, and this was quite a – I did a story on this. And, and one day I saved the story and one day I might um, publish it on YouTube or something like that. But it shows the process in which I, you know, came about to creating this. Because, again, with this style, it's, you know, from, your, from my first attempt to the last attempt, even though – um, you can kind of see where it came from. There were many, many attempt, like, like iterations that went along the way to get this lockup tight. And it probably wasn't until I then brought it into the computer and then really manually sort of worked out the hierarchy and, you know, the scaling of certain letters um, that it started to really come together. Um, so, you know, the, the digitalization stage is, uh, for me, I, I think just as important as getting things down on paper. Did you did you do this um, project it and then paint it on or use yes markers or okay correct I mean to be honest the hard work is is on the paper putting it on the walls easy when you do it like this I mean if you're using a projector I mean I'm sure right. if you're you're doing it the old school way then definitely there's there's a, there's a craft in that and there's there's a massive amount of time um, right required to, to to get that right. When you're using a projector, it, it's it's super easy. And, and and if anyone ever wanted to get into murals and they're, they're intimidated by it, don't be. If you can get it looking great on paper or on the computer first, all you got to do is project it. Make sure that projector doesn't move mm. <laughs> um, a, a millimeter. Like if it moves a millimeter, you're you're in trouble. You got to try and line it up, and that can be problematic. Do you but, project uh, it reversed like this? Um, I project it. Uh, I. I, I I do it both ways to see what's going to look easier for me to trace. You only need a very faint, um, you know, uh, outline on the wall to do right. it. Um, with this, this was in a shopping complex and they couldn't turn all the lights off. So 
Um, I, I think I did this one with the reversed version and I, uh, I quickly pencil it. Mm. Um, you've got, I think you've got to pencil it first, even though you could go straight to pens, but if that projector moves, um, while, cause the, the, the inking stage takes a lot longer, right? If that projector moves, then you're in trouble because you, you know, lining it up can be, yeah, a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll quickly go over it with the pencil first and then I'll, um, I'll then step back and then often you can't see your pencil lines that well, but you just got to trust it when you get up close and then you just start inking it. Mm, that's so awesome. These are just a couple of another ones. So, I mean, this actually shows three stages. The top one is um, what it looked like um, just sketched out, just sorry, not sketched out, just using the brush pen. And mm -hmm. I probably didn't need to vectorize this one. This, this for me, um, I think I had time to kill and I, I just, I wanted to vectorize it, but I could have just gone straight from the one up the top. I think I just wanted to make it as perfect as, as possible. And, and when you vectorize something that, that enables you to shift and make those micro adjustments mm -hmm. that um, otherwise when you're doing a faster style like that, you can write it so many times and you know, you might not get it exactly right. So you can see here. Okay. So in, in, if you look at the top left one, um, structure gets a little bit tight and condensed. So I just sort of spaced it out a little bit. Um, also, the terminal of that C on rhythmic really yeah. changed a lot when you vector. And I think maybe sometimes you're making decisions because yeah. you know it's going to be painted and you're not going to get that same sort of flow. Yeah, so exactly. You, you kind of need to know what it's going to look like. Solid. Yeah. This was really hard. It was on like the texture of that wall was really yeah. rough and I was using a paintbrush and that's why it's not super clean. But um, it was my first time with a brush pen and not a Posca pen. Um, and this is another one. This was an identity job. There's my gorgeous little girl. Uh, I know she computer. is so cute. My little cheeky monkey. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that, that was a fun project and you know, I wanted that hand-drawn look for this mm -hmm. client as well. And it, it just fit in with that, that cafe vibes. It's right on the beach, mm. free-flowing, easygoing lifestyle. It's, yeah, that was a fun project. Um, and then, of course, again, I keep going back to David, David Michael, but David Michael also then opened up the opportunity to do topography art, stuff that's not so much corporate-based. Sorry, mm -hmm. not corporate-based, but corporate identity-based, stuff that gets um, used for... Uh, um, advertising campaigns. This was for a, a, a digital agency in, in the US. Um, they wanted to do some wall art and stuff like that. And so I, did, I, I, so I think this was for their website. So, um, you know, also this was for a advertising campaign. So, you know, it opens the doors to be able to, I'd like to do a little bit more of this, this side of uh, topography work um, where it is for um, advertising agencies and ca campaigns because um, as much as I do love the corporate identity side of things, I mean, so much goes into the presentations and, and all of that. Sometimes it's nice to, um, you know, to just solely work on the, the typographical um, side of things. Austin said her shirt kind of matches the bricks on the wall. And then he smiled and he said, I know that M well. And then he made a big <laughs> smiley face. Yes, he does. Um, he added some animation to that M. Um, which was fantastic. You're a legend, Austin. Thank you very much for that. He is. And these are um, beautiful. So did you do, what were, did, is one of these for type fight? Both of them are. Uh. Um, and uh, yeah, they were. And type fight, I mean, I just love it. Cause 
again, going back to David Michael, he introduced me to the wonderful world of, you know, people that are obsessed with this. You know, we, <laughs> we reference ourselves as type nerds and we really are. And it's an endearing term. I mean, think about it. Like there was a website created that was designed around putting designers, pitting them in a fight ring to design <laughs> you know, the best letter. I mean, how type nerdy is that? It's awesome. And so that was fun. And the one on the right was my infinity Y. Um, which I, you know, really enjoy creating. And, and, and I wasn't going to indulge in my brush penny sort of style. I wanted to do something a little conceptual there. And um, so I had a lot of fun with that one. Um, Is that 3D rendered? No, I did it all in photo. Well, actually, I did it all in Illustrator first. And the, the, the only part that's Photoshop is slapping on the textures. Man, that looks incredible. It looks like it's made out of wood or metal or something. Like, it looks yeah. incredible. I probably went a little crazy with the textures there. It's very easy to sort of, <laughs> when you're adding texture to something, um, to sort of push it too far or, you know, to get that aesthetic right. Um, mm. There's a real balancing act. But, uh, yeah, I was really happy with the way that one turned out. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one on the left was the last type fight. Um, I was against... Yeah, my good friend Colin Tierney, who, uh, um, you know, we, we, we chose the letter B and that was a lot of fun and, and, and both results were just epic. And um, so I had a lot of fun with that one. Um, and, yeah, so music industry. Um, so I mentioned, I think, last week I, I, I did something for Troy Sivan where I've done quite a few album titles now, which I really enjoy doing and, and, and usually it um, follows on with the, the track list on the end, on the back. And I enjoy that. It's, it's a lot of fun. So Troy Sivan is um, uh, an artist. Did we talk about him last week? We did I, just I a little bit. Just a little bit. So, look, it was amazing. When I first took on this job, um, yeah, it was, ama it was amazing how popular he is. Like, I didn't know it at the time. And uh, then my brother called up and said, mate, I just saw that work that you did for Troy Sivan on, at Times Times Square, it was on the news. <laughs> Oh, what? And um, then I started seeing this. So good on him. He's, he's, he's quite a success story. And um, I really enjoyed uh, working with him and, and, and doing this project. And, and to see my, um, my album on, you know, the Ellen show and, and the Jimmy Fallon show was quite a, you know. That's awesome. A, yeah, no, it, it really was. Um, so uh, this, this gives you a little insight to the process for creating that. And there are a number of styles that I did before we actually uh, knuckled down on this style and this style is something that I've I've done a lot of since and I feel like I've I've, I've improved a lot in this style so um, but I wrote that so many times um, in the end neighborhood has a lot of letters in it right it, yeah. there's a lot of letters there and to get that perfect in one go um, is difficult especially mm -hmm. with this style that's really it, it's quite fast this style when writing it there's to get because they wanted that texture to come through, mm -hmm. and the only way to get that texture is to move the brush pen quickly over the um, over the page. So, um, you know, it, you're going to get mistakes on some letters. You're going to get perfect letters on some attempts. And so, with the end result, I did a composition. I scanned them all in, and then I sort of photoshopped the best letters. I mean, it was probably from about two or three attempts where I got it, but, you know, there might have been a B that looked better on one of, you know, the others. And, you know, we, we had to work on that B quite a bit because B is one of my favourite letters and if not my favourite letter and, and, and you can get quite adventurous with a B. So mm. that was the, uh, the end result for that one. But um, 
yeah, you can see that, I mean, those that nine pictures there, that's only nine of about, I don't know, 30 odd that I, I probably <laughs> did to get it. Like, seriously, it's, yeah. So Let me you, ask you a question about a bee real quick. Sure. So um, where do you start with this? Do you start it on that loop or do you make that the main stroke first? The very first stroke is that top loop. Okay. And then the bottom loop and then this, then that stem. But for that style particular, I've done that style quite, quite a few number of times. But um, I think if you have a look at the, um, the little thumbnail that's um, the, 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 the top row in the centre column, you can see I went quite big and adventurous yeah. with that top loop. So yeah. we had to peg it back a bit. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's just one way that's of awesome. doing it. Because what, the reason why I do the stem last, that stem really changes the aesthetic of the bee. So if mm. you get that curve, that beautiful curve and transition through the upstroke and the downstroke of, stroke of that curve, you can then you can, you can visualise where that stem should sit. Whereas if you do the stem first and then shoot out that fast bee, you've got less control over that, you know, of, of, the, of the fast stroke rather than um, the stem. It's just easier for me to do it that way with that style. That's good. I'm, an, I'm doing a shoot boogers and I am stuck on the bee. So I'm going to practice some bees from, for the. Excellent. So yeah, with, with, I mentioned Spotify before, love them. Fantastic client. Um, so they've got these documentaries that they do um, for rap caviar. And so I, I, I get the, all the pens and papers out. And this is what I really love about this, this job every week is it's just me writing. There's no presentations involved in doing this work, this work. It's me just putting my headphones on, pushing the computer to the side. Well, I mm. can't do that. It's too big to do that, but you know what I mean? I've <laughs> occupied part of my desk and I just, um, and I just listen to music and I just start writing and, and I do title work. So this is just a few screenshots of just some of the, some and then the is work. it vectorized also, or is no, it just, none of this is vectorized. Oh, wow. All of this is just 100% calligraphy. Um, oh, that's awesome. And you can see some big names there that, you know, that I get to write. I write some pretty interesting things for them. It's, it's, it's really fun. Um, and this is just a variety of the different styles that mm. we go between. I mean, you know, sometimes we introduce new styles, but um, I'd never um, even attempted black letter sort of calligraphy before. And well, I may, I, I, that, that's a lie. I had tried it a couple of times, but I'd never really, you know, followed it through. Like I'd attempted right. a few others in, in some workshops that I used to do. Um, with, with another um, uh, type guy in Australia, Wayne Thompson, who's, who he's, I used to help him out with some of his workshops and he had a segment um, dedicated to black letter and that's where I always came unstuck. <laughs> um, but so for this, um, for Spotify, yeah, this, these are just a variety of different styles. I love but, that G in Grizzly. Oh, geez. When, okay, green, G in Grizzly. It's under brick by brick. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. G is a tricky letter to write sometimes. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different ways and you can see it in Gucci Mane on the top right mm -hmm. over there underneath Kanye. That's, that's just another way. But um, And yeah, so look, it's a lot of fun. It's just me writing and that's what I, that's what I love. That's my dog going off. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, and also for Spotify, they've got a rock this um, section. So dedicated to their rock music. So these are, so this is what I love about them. They're, they're, they're really going to this effort of, of really making an experience. And, and 
I, I don't think a lot of people appreciate the behind the scenes work that, that goes into it. Um, and I'd love to do a little video that sort of um, illustrates it and, and maybe down the track we will. But uh, um, th this is a font that I created for Spotify that's, um, that, that's used, overlaid over their rock albums. Sorry, not rock albums, they're, they're, the segments that they do for their rock industry, the, cool. their rock um, documentaries that they do. And, you know, we, we probably could have chosen fonts, but for me, I wanted to create something, you know, like for this one, the brief was they wanted to do something that had that sort of fashion label that was quite rock as well mm -hmm. um and and so if i isolate that rut that r um oh, hang on uh, Huey, Huey. <laughs> you can't hear me um he'll, he'll stop in a second it's probably the postman um anyway that rock that the way the um the, the leg comes out it almost mm -hmm. has that guitarist sort of it does out, you know strumming guitar and I followed that that sort of motive through to the K's and a few other things and and that was so much fun to create and so that's the work that goes into doing these things and and I love it it's it's super fun um, this is a really cool little side project I started working on with a friend from work I work with this really talented musician um, in the office so I work in an office where that's a web development company and I love the guys there I feel so lucky to be a part of their family I occupy a little desk space there and, and in that, in that office, um, you know, there's this talented musician and he produces music, you know, on the side and stuff like that. And one day I came into the office and I said, look, mate, I, I write this word breathe and I want to publish it online. And, you know, there's a real problem with publishing, you know, using music uh, on YouTube or, or, or anywhere, unless you've got licensing, you shouldn't right. be using it. And I don't like to, you know, sort of break those rules. I'm a bit of a, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, I go on the cautious side of those sort of things because, you know, and I don't think they, you can these days. It picks it up with the, you know. It does, the software, right. Yeah, the software they use. So I said, mate, can you, would you write something for this? And he saw it as an opportunity to just do something creative. And I said, and I hate it when people say this to me, but I said it to him. I said, I don't want you to spend too much time on it. And then so we brainstormed this idea. Why don't we do a little series where, we're only allowed to do mm -hmm. an hour or two max. Um, you know, I'll write a word and then he has to come up with the music. He writes some music revolving around a word and then I've got to do the writing towards it. So we've only done two at the moment and we're going to come back to it and finish it off. We want to do at least five and then do a, like a Behance documentary on, on the process of, of cool. how we did it. What's really, really cool about this, and sorry to be stuck on this one screen for so long for all you viewers out there. It's going to get really cool in a second. Um, what's really cool about this is when I wrote the word breathe, he looked at that and he came to the conclusion that he was, instead of using instruments, he was just going to use his voice and, mm. and, and, and nothing but his voice, very Bobby McFerrin style. Um, you know, don't worry, be happy thing. It was all yeah, his yeah. voice. So he did the same thing with that with this. And look, uh, we'll go straight into it. I'm going to take my headphones out. I'm going to crank the volume and I won't talk over the top of it and we'll come back to it afterwards. Oh, oh, oh. 
Awesome. Yeah, that riding backwards is really hard to do too. So <laughs> <laughs> no, you are was, a master at it. Yeah. Um, no, that was that was a lot of fun. That project, and we did one more. If we've got time, I'll, I'll show you one more. Um, this was the next word that we that we did, and this time he came up with the music first, and we chose the word speak. Um, and this is just him and his voice and his daughter's voice, and he just cleverly you know, edits it and, you know, tweaks it, engineers it. I don't know how he does it, but um, uh, this was the next one that I did. So I, I edited this together. This was harder. It's not as refined because um, I had to kind of match the tempo of what he was doing and just mm -hmm. use my basic knowledge of editing within uh, iMovie. Um, so I'll take the headphones out again and we'll play. how much I said awesome until you mentioned that about I think didn't did you say that or was it somebody else how much uh, I don't, anyway yeah I, I, I drop the word awesome all the time as well <laughs> I love that and there's I, that it shows the range and that it was his voice range and his daughters I thought that was really great Oh yeah, it's it's super cool. I mean, I, I think I touched base on it last week, but um, I don't know. I, I love music, and and uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to learn instruments at the moment. Um, I've been teaching myself the guitar for the last few years, and we've been jamming every Thursday night. And whenever we have a little break, I jump on the jump on the drum kit. And I think I want to be a drummer now. <laughs> I think I like <laughs> drumming more. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's music. So I, I really appreciate what he, he, um, mm. he 
he did for that and you know, the talent that, that musicians have. And, and I think that's, that's another reason why I, I really enjoy the Spotify work and, and writing music albums. It's sort of, yeah, I, I enjoy that, that industry. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Scratches that itch, I guess. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, we touched base on this uh, earlier and last week, but uh, I think, like I said, I, I like to uh, have little side projects going on. And early in the year, I started drawing waves. And um, This year? Yeah, it was this year. It feels wow. like a couple of years ago, but it was, it was only in the start of this year. And I did it through, um, I think it was December and January, and then I stopped. But I'm going to come back to it. It's, uh, it's just on ice at the moment and um, because I, I really love drawing. And that's what I used to be able to do at school. That, that was my kind of thing at school was drawing. And, um, and, and if we can go back to David Michael, David Michael really introduced me to drawing again. You know, granted it was for letter forms, and, 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 but it, it got me back um, using the tools on paper, um, you know, more often and, and, and I love it. So, you know, at, at some point I want to do paintings. I want to, you know, go, I want to, yeah, go large scale with paintings and, and, and see what I can do there. But, um, you know, I guess at the moment I'm, I'm bogged down by work and <laughs> that sort of commitment. So, but, you know, down the track, it'll definitely happen. That's awesome. I love these. They're it's an incredible the detail, I think you get some of that itch from some of those emblems that you were doing. You kind of get that same sort of detail in yeah. the, in this and yeah. in the wave drawings. Anyway, I, I just think you're terrific and I'm so glad that you got to go through the more of your work and kind of talk, telling that story. Yeah. So it, it really does help. And I think, you know, we talked about this just a little bit last week was just yeah. how you really got some of these jobs was just, put posting and just being consistent yeah and you took time to make your photos kind yep. of um you know have good lighting and and do yep. those things i think that really made a difference but it was that you were consistent and yeah. still are consistent even if you take little windows of yeah. of time right yeah so basically when, when I had no business at all, right at that GFC point um, when my client work dried right up, um, I, was, I was looking online and I was, you know, it was around that time I was involved in Logo Pond and you, you looked at what logos were being gallerized and all of that and, it, and I hadn't published anything at that point in time and um, I, I just, you just have to identify execution and, and what makes something look really nice. Right, and then you have to interpret it, and 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 then try and bring that out in your own work, um, and then just over the years, you know, going on from that point when I, you know, I really wanted to intently focus in in, in designing logos and identities and stuff like that, I would just question everything I did until I got it to a point until I thought, would that get gallerized or would that get, you know, would that mm. is that on par with what I find aesthetic? Mm that other people are doing, you know, I, I won't show this to the client until I've reached a point where, you know, you know, when a design pops, mm -hmm. right. You know, right. you do. I mean, I know this sounds self-indulgent, but you sort of, you look at, you go, yeah, that looks sexy. <laughs> you know, that looks hot. Right. You know? Right. Um, so I, I wouldn't show a client until I had that, you know, I, I felt that I had achieved that. Right. Um, or, you know, if it's not, if, if I won't put it on my website, it, I'm not going to send it to the client. 
you know? And so you set that bar mm-hmm. and it can be a dangerous place because you've got to, you know, but it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. Right. But um, yeah, so, so that's, that's just what I kept doing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, show a client anything that I wasn't really proud of and that, that I wouldn't publish online and, and, and from there publishing it online would just result in, you know, people either liking it or, or, or reposting it. You know, there's so many like bloggers out there and, you know, design inspiration sites that might re, you know, curate a whole heap of logos and, right. and they might write about them and, and that started happening. And, and, and the same thing with lettering, you know, cause it was my logos before it was lettering. Um, you know, I started getting a following just from, from you know, before lettering, just from logo marks and, and stuff like that. And then lettering came along and it started becoming that as well. And, and more so, I guess. Um, right. But well, yeah, that's how clients start to see, oh, I saw this on that and I just, you know, I want that, you know, I want something like that. I really like what you did there. And sometimes that's really cool. A lot of the times it's really cool because if they, if they're referencing something that you've done before, it can really sort of steer a ship, you know, it can give you, start to give you a vision. Okay. Well, they like this, obviously it's got to be different, but I know at least know what the client likes. So. Right. Right. And it was something that you created. So then it gives you a little bit more leeway on how far out you, you need to go or, or yeah. whatever. Um, I want to, cause we're like, so over, you've got to get to work. I know. Um, <laughs> I so appreciate um, that you are able to, to give us so much time for real. Yeah. And I know another thing, so you, I would say you are an extrovert. You may, I mean, I think we're all a little bit of both, but you seem yeah. to really get energized by, by talking and you want to meet with your clients and you know, it's not yeah. like you just want to do this email exchange and you'll get it to get, you know, yeah. and so, yeah. but you're working alone. You, you do work in an office space with other people, but they're not part of your business. So having the relationships with the clients and then other designers, I think has, has been critical to your yeah. success. So yeah, what definitely. kind of, what kind of things have you done to connect with other designers? Um, is it just reaching out and commenting on dribble or Behance or what are you doing? I haven't really reached out a lot. Um, uh, a designer, um, uh, John Stapp, um, reached out to me once and then put me in contact with Colin Tierney who I, I, I may have mentioned this last week, uh, correct me if I didn't, um, if I did, but uh, we bounce between each other. Like I, I'll, I'll send him visuals of what I do. I love getting his eyes on what I'm doing. Um, like, you know, one to say, hey, this is what I'm working on and all of that, but then also get his feedback. Um, mm-hmm. I find we've got very similar sort of, um, you know, what, what he can add to my designs, you know, helps and, 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 and hopefully right. vice versa and stuff like that. So we... Um, yeah, I, I like taking his feedback on board. Um, and then I'm part of a Slack group. So he then introduced me to a whole heap of guys um, who, I, who I mentioned you probably interviewed half of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, I won't go to all their names because I'll forget someone. They'll be like, oh, what? Yeah, forgot me. Right. <laughs> It'll um, be like the client you haven't reached out to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You watch me after this. I'm going to be hitting all my clients up. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, just just – yeah, through that. So you know, how often that, that, are you, you connecting? So with Colin, is it like three times a week? Is it more than that? Is it the Slack oh, group? How much are you the, using the sl- that? The Slack group's pretty much daily, although sometimes like, you know, lately I've been pretty slack. Um, <laughs> I'm slack. Uh, yeah, 
just because I've been busy, but sometimes it's daily and then sometimes I might not touch base for a week or two, but then I'm, you know, they have these weekly sort of um, hangouts where we uh, all jump on like a Skype thing um, and we all just have a chat, touch base where we are and stuff. And that's really cool. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it's, it, it's often, I mean, I've, I've got Slack open all the time and so I'll, I'll, um, I'll check in. I might not, you know, always be active on it, but I'll sort of, you know, see what's going on. But it's not like something that you're doing once every three months. It's something that is in part of your process. It's part of your, your routine. Um, because I think that it does help you to stay connected. It also helps yeah. you to get real feedback, I think. Yeah. Right. This is a relatively new thing for me though. Like, so it's, I've probably been on that um, Slack channel for probably, you know, I think about a year now. So, you know, for a long time, I was completely isolated from everything and it was just me doing my thing and working things out myself and, and, and not having that engagement with other designers. So, um, you know, it, it's nice to be able to have that and fall back on that. Like if, you know, I've got a quoting question or something like that or, right. you know, it's just, you know, you bounce ideas around and, you know, yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. Well, and also meeting you recently, like we've had a couple of chats now. And we, we just end up, you know, it, it, I always walk away from it going, geez, I'm really glad I spoke to Diane. Then, it, you know, I, I, I kind of needed to get all that off my chest because, you know, when, we're, when you're dealing with clients through the year and stuff like that, you know, there are things that pop up that, you know, you've got to problem solve and stuff like that. And it's nice to know other people going through the same problems. Exactly. And, you know, and how they deal with it. And, you know, you feed off each other when you can yeah. communicate, you know. Well, I also feel like sometimes it's just helping somebody else solve a problem. So if, yeah. if I feel like if I have a problem, cause I think sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to bother you with what's going yeah. on. But really if I shared something, it, it it's kind of fun to you get out of your space and you're able to help somebody yeah. help me solve my issue. You know, well, why don't yeah. you try this or, or, yeah. you know, and I, I just think that us working together, even if we're yeah. on total other parts of the world, hemispheres for sure. Yeah. Um, I just think it's it's nice and this is the beauty of the internet and this is why I created design recharge because I was yeah. alone and I wanted to be able to connect with other people yeah. and Definitely. I just think, think it's really cool that we're able to do that and I think you know a lot of people use the internet maybe in not the best ways and I think it's really good this is a good way to use yeah. this 100%, platform 100%. Like, look I, I often say look with social media sure there, there are a lot of negatives but there are also real positives as well, you know, and you, you can't ignore like how, how good those positive positives can be. Like just staying in touch with people. Like, you know, when I lived in London, you know, I'm in touch with these people that otherwise would probably would have, I would have forgotten about, you know, just, you know, when, you know, you meet people for a certain period of time and you haven't seen them, you know, it just life's fast paced and all of that. But with, you know, something like Facebook, you're in touch, right. you know, right, um, right. And, and people say, well, why don't you just pick up the phone? But, you, you don't, you don't, you, you, you know, you, you, you probably wouldn't with a lot of them. Some you would and stuff like that, but you know, it, it's good like that. And, and, you know, social media obviously has enabled me to hit a, you know, a, a bigger clientele fetch, etc. And, you know, so they're, they're the positives and, and I enjoy that. The negatives, the negatives is this constantly see seeing people <laughs> right. and I hate that says the guy that woke up at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> that was liking a post I made. Yes, I. Uh, yeah. uh, but 
but I'm right there with you. So, yeah. well, we could just keep going on and on. And me and yeah. you are need, we'll need to schedule another one. But I, I don't want to sure. keep you forever. And I'm, it's like 7 o'clock at night. So my husband's probably yeah. starving. So I <laughs> need to go get something and take it home. But no worries. I, I can't thank you enough, Matt. And I just want to make sure right I sh- I'm going to share all the links again. I, I know I did this last week. And these will be under the show notes again. Yeah. But you can find his work at Berg dot com dot au that's v-e-r-g dot com dot au and then on instagram matt vergatis m-a-t-t-v-e-r-g-o-t-i-s and then facebook facebook what what facebook i don't know what i said (laughs) matt verg v-e-r-g and then twitter is also matt vergatis so check him out um i am gonna put all these in the chat really quick and make sure that everybody can see them. And then they'll also be in the YouTube. Again, guys, hit subscribe if you're on YouTube. This is something you can come to and participate in. I really appreciate you guys staying on so long today. Um, hope I think it's close to the end of the day, probably for you, Carol Ann. I'm not sure where you are, Carol. But Thank you, everyone, for um, tuning in. I really appreciate it. And thanks, everyone, for leaving a comment. I deliberately didn't look at the comments because I can't multitask. <laughs> At the same time, but I'll go through them now. Sorry if I didn't answer anything. Well, I appreciate it. Just so you guys know, I have another. This is a crazy week. It's a crazy week for Design Recharge. So I have Tom Ross on Thursday at 1130 um, my time. So that's 1230 Eastern and 930 AM in Pacific time. So and in the UK, it's at 530 PM. So it's in the middle of the night for you, uh, Matt. But uh, right. and, Tom Ross, I've Skyped with him a couple of times, actually. He's, he's a great guy. So um, I'll, uh, I'll try and tune in or watch the repeat for sure. Yeah, he's, he's really, he's just such a great guy. And he actually um, has uh, used my new little services that I have. They're not little, just services. I need to yeah. not say little. Um, recruiting creatives. So he hired one of my, um, I placed somebody with him. So hopefully it's working out so he has 90 days and then if it's not i can get him somebody else but um (laughs) but anyway matt thank you so much for giving us two weeks in a row this is incredible i can't wait to do another skype with you and just so you know kent said that he wanted to see if i could give you his email he's also a professor so he's like oh hopefully i can email with you um later yeah for sure and so i'll i'll connect you and him so that you guys can um get connected excellent but i we will talk soon and i will see the rest of you guys and maybe matt too on thursday and then next week i'm off so two two for this week none for next week but i'll be back the week after and if you want to sign up you didn't know how to get in touch or you just found this video you can actually join us live at um, designrecharge.org or rechargingyou.com and just sign up and then you'll get a link with all the questions the day before and then you'll get a link 30 minutes before the show so you can know how to join live and that's it and i'll see you guys next time unreal thanks for the chat diane thank you everyone for tuning in